discovering stories of courage, determination, and hope. Welcome to Faith Radio's On the Road. Now, here's Ryan Thomas. Now, I would just like to warn you off the top today, there is a good chance your sides will begin to hurt from excessive laughter in just a few moments. Our guest was born in Nazareth. Yes, that Nazareth in the Holy Land. And he carries its name with him to this day. The comedian Nazareth is a tremendously talented performer who rose to the top of his craft in Hollywood. He worked with the biggest names in comedy and toured with bands like The Temptations and B.B. King. But he also battled substance abuse and couldn't shake a feeling of just being profoundly lost despite all his success. Then one night after a show, a new comedian friend asked him to come to church. And Nazareth's yes started a journey that would reshape his life and bring laughter and hope to so many. It is simply the best to have you here today, good man. Is the day proving to be a pleasant one thus far, sir? Every day is a good day, you know. Uh, you you know, I've been praying for several people and they're in the ICU room and they're mm-hmm. not sure if they're going to make it or not. So, yes, for me to get up and... Uh, it's a blessing. Every day is a blessing, Ryan. Man, amen to that. Amen to that. You know, you hear about so many musicians that will be introduced as the artist formerly known as, right? These famed musicians. But you are the comedian Nazareth now. I mean, it is happening now. There's a certain legitimacy to that that makes it a real honor to speak with you today. Well, the honor is mine. You know, I'm just... Uh I'm just a comedian who I used to think I was just funny and I used to do the clubs and I used to go with the, you know, I used to perform at the comedy store and the improv and work with Chris, you know, Chris Rock and Adam Sandler, all these guys. And then at one point in my life where I just, uh, I really took Jesus serious for who he is. I got to know, uh, you know, the good news of Jesus as savior that is not by my good works. It's by by faith in him and by his grace. Then, you know what? I found out that, you know, God gave me this gift for a purpose. Mm. And that became a responsibility now not, rather than just being funny. So I'm, I want to use, and I've been using my comedy to honor the Lord by bringing people to know him, to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Mm. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what it is for me. That's my... That's my thing. That's what I do. That's why I get up every morning and go, okay, Lord, okay, who can we encourage today? Who can yeah. we make uh, someone laugh and distract them from, uh, you know, what's going on? And that's what I want to tell the listeners. If anybody, uh, people who are listening, I, I want you to know, you know what? Uh, these are crazy times, and the medicine is the same. Laugh and remember what Jesus said. Take him up on his promises. Mm-hmm. I think that can, that's what keeps me going every day. Man. Well, what a beautiful place to start. The past, let's talk about the past two years because as a performer who makes your money from touring around the country, making people laugh, this, the inability to do that for so long has had to be such a challenge. But I also know that for you, when it comes to social media, to podcasting, you have found ways to connect with your audience still to this day. Has the past two years almost been something of an engine of creativity in a way? 
You know, uh, Ryan, it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, when, when the pandemic happens, you know, uh, I asked the Lord, I was like, okay, Lord, there's two things I can do. I can make people laugh and I can encourage people. And then I found out there's a lot of people who were just stressed out, depressed, anxious. And I said, what can I do? So I went to Facebook and I said, okay, I'm going to start a, a nightly show live every night called Live with Naz. That's what we just call it, basic Live with Naz, an hour of entertainment and uh, encouragement. So what happened is I said, okay, we'll do it for two weeks until the country opens back up because they told us it's two weeks, three weeks, maybe a month. So I started doing this show every night and I started this show, Ryan, with me telling jokes and being funny and all that. And eventually it got to a point like, uh, you know, an hour a day, uh, you run out of material within six, seven days. So <laughs> I, I started asking people to funny questions. And I was surprised to see how many lay people who never done comedy are just being funny when you ask them a question, wow. a funny question or a funny remark. And so I, so we kept the show going two, three months. And then, and it was hard on our family because I had to do the show every night. We have the studio upstairs in my room. We turned it into a studio. So everybody had to be quiet for an hour. But then I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to stop the show and see what we can do to do more comedy and all that. But people were sending me emails saying, listen, Nazareth, this is the only hope we have throughout the day. This is the only wow. thing that we look forward. We are depressed. We're anxious. And then we... Uh, this is funny. This uh, not funny. This is sad. But yesterday, uh, there was a guy that I've known that he wrote on his Facebook. He said, "I think the world would be better without me around." Mm -hmm. I mean, this is serious. This is very serious. Someone who's crying for help. Someone who might commit suicide. So what I did is I said I went to the show on the show. I said, "Guys, okay, I want you to pray for this guy. Just pray for him. I know him." I haven't talked to him in years, but I'm going to give him a call. Would you pray? And then during the show, the guy called me. So everybody on the show, like 100 people said, okay, finish the show and call him. I said, okay, what would you guys want me to tell him? What can I tell him? And everybody started writing, hey, you're worth it. There is hope in Jesus. Every day is a blessing and all that. And we've done that for several people, Ryan. And so this funny show where people laugh for an hour and then be encouraged at the end, end up becoming a show that saves people from committing suicide or being depressed completely. So I want to encourage people, hey, laugh, laugh. Laughter is like Tylenol. It will not take your problems away. It will not end the pandemic. It will not get your job back. It will not, it will not you know, get your business back, but it will distract you for a while so you can focus and refocus again. Man, beautiful stuff, beautiful perspective today from the comedian Nazareth, a tremendously talented performer. He's done thousands of comedy shows, penned books like his latest, Hope in 24 Hours. The story of comedians just fascinates me. Growing up, you're only three years old. Your mom would send you to tell jokes to relatives that were, that were maybe a challenge to converse with otherwise. Yeah, mom didn't like our relatives, you know, and, you know, understandably so. A lot of us don't like our relatives. <laughs> you know, don't, don't deny it. It's okay. God understands. So what happened is uh, 
when they would visit and overseas, we know I was born in the Holy Land in Nazareth, and that's why I got the name Nazareth. It's mm. a family tradition, I always say. I feel sorry for my brother Waikiki, <laughs> my other brother Albuquerque, and my sister Buffalo. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was born in Israel. I flew in, you know, my parents moved to Kuwait when, at the age of three. And over there, relatives come like Jehovah Witnesses. They don't, you know, they don't call and say we're coming. They just knock on your door and you have to take care of them and host them. We didn't have the ring back then or any security cameras. So you have to open the door and let them in. And my mom would be in the kitchen and goes, oh, no, 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 no. I don't have time for this. Okay, Naz, go, go, go tell them jokes. I'll pay you. So I would go and just sit with them. I'm like, okay, mom will be here any minute. Uh, did you hear the one about this? And I was doing jokes and, and she paid me afterwards. So I've been a professional comedian all my life. <laughs> well, <laughs> here's what I mean about this being an epic story. Uh, there's this moment you point to when you decide that you want to be a comedian. First, you decide you're going to run a marathon in Los Angeles you're worried about finishing, obviously. And then you sit down at a pre-race dinner and you happen to be sitting with Muhammad Ali? The boxer, yes. Uh, what happened is that, I don't know why. I wasn't a believer yet, Ryan. I was smoking and I had to smoke, uh, you know, one, two, three, two packs a day. So what happened is I, I would run for two miles. I said, okay, I'll quit and smoke a cigarette. That's, uh, that was my... That was the plan. I said, okay, I'm going to go. Sign. I don't know why I did that. I said, I'm going to go sign up for the Los Angeles Marathon. I run two miles this year, maybe four miles next year, six miles a year. In 12 years, I probably, or 15 years, I can finish it. So I went into it said, oh, come and get the carbo load. They call it the carbo load, which is you go in the day before, you eat all the pasta at the Civic Center in Los Angeles, and then you run the next, you know, the run the next day. Well, I went in, I was single, didn't have anything to do. So I went there and I'm sitting at the table and Muhammad Ali, the boxer, was sitting next to me and he grabbed my arm, squeezed it. And he goes, you're going to finish this, kid, right? I said, wow. yes, sir. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, wait, I promised Muhammad Ali that I'm going to finish it. And, I, and so the next day I just started running two miles. I said, oh, I, there's no ashtrays. I I need to smoke, but everybody kept keep running, keep running. Got to five miles. My lungs were like, okay, we're done with you. We can't help you. I kept running 10 miles, 20 miles. I almost got to the end of it. And a homeless lady, she goes, honey, you can't quit now. You can finish it. Oh, and I did. My. I finished, I finished uh, what do you call it? I, the finish line, I'm laying in there. My toes are not even looking at me. They don't want to talk to me. I'm <laughs> mad. I'm, I'm so in high. It was, the you know, I used to do drugs and cocaine and all that. I'll mm. tell you what. When I came to Christ, I quit all that cold turkey. But uh, it was the highest high you can have. It's natural high that the Lord gave you. And I, I said, what do I want to do in life? And this, that's, I want listeners to hear this, especially young ones. What do I want to do in life that if I never get paid for it, I will do it to the best of my ability? Wow. And it was making people laugh. I said, I don't mind. I will do it for free. I want to make people laugh. Uh, this is just phenomenal. So after the marathon, the decision to pursue comedy, you talk about it. You find this incredible success. I mean, you're touring with huge bands like The Temptations and B.B. King. But as you mentioned briefly, the world of the nightlife that you're living in 
really takes its toll. You're drinking more than you know you should, the cocaine as well. You say that you just felt lost. How did God reach into your life and and really get your attention? You know, he did it, you know, it's, it's neat how God reached out to you in what you desire, what you like. And it's funny because to me it was, uh, you know, the nightlife, the comedy clubs, the performance, your headlining, you know, NBC's writing us a sitcom for me called Fish Out of Water, Middle Eastern Man in America. You get to that level where there is, there's a network interested in you. Everybody loves you. Everybody invites you to their parties. Everybody wants to come see you. Mm-hmm. And your head just keeps growing. And one time I was doing the performing at the Ice House in Pasadena, and a comedian, actually a Japanese comedian, went up before uh, after me. And he was funny and he was clean. And I, you know, after he finished, I said, "Hey, can I buy you a drink?" He goes, "I don't drink." I said, "Can I get you a cigarette or something?" He goes, "No, I don't smoke." And he goes, "We asked me two things. Let me ask you once." I said, "What?" He said, "Would you like to go to church with me?" I'm like, I'm a Christian. Hey, I'm from Nazareth. Jesus is my neighbor. We gave you a We gave you Christianity, baby. Of course, I'll go with you to church. And and he said, okay, well, tomorrow, Sunday morning, I'll pick you up. We'll go, you know, uh, I'll meet you at the church. So I said, okay. And actually, he came, picked me up, took me to the church. And uh, that day, the pastor was preaching on tithing. And my friend goes, I'm sorry, I brought you to the wrong message. I said, no, 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 I like this guy. He goes, don't worry, it's just last week. Next week, he's, he's moving to a different church. So the next week came in. I wanted to find out. I found out where that pastor was going. It was Dustin, California. I went to that church. I walk in. I had long hair at the time. The the usher would not let me in. He said, no, you can't. You can't go in. You got to put your hair under the Southern Baptist Church. And then... <laughs> He would not let me in. He goes, unless you want to sit with. The, I said, no, I'm not putting. You know, I'm comedian rebellious. I said, no, I'm not. I'm not going to hide my hair under under my shirt. He goes, well, you know, why don't you sit with the, the tax collectors here, the ushers in the back? <laughs> so I sat there in the back, uh, and uh, I thought God was angry at me, Ryan. I thought God hates me. I said I had to do so many things to to really get God to even consider me. Mm. And I had this emptiness in my heart. And when I heard him say that Jesus loves you, he has a plan for your life, just come as you are. It is by grace through faith you've been saved. It's a gift from God, not by works. Oh, that's, that was appealing. I was started crying. I went forward, gave my life to Christ. Monday morning, I called my management. I said, I'm quitting. They go, what do you mean? We have a contract coming. We have a, a network looking at you. We have all this. I said, no, I quit. And after 256 F-words from my big Hollywood manager, he was convinced I am quitting, and I did quit. And a week later, my my pastor said, Nazareth, can you, can you do comedy for our church? I'm like, you can't do comedy for church. That's from the devil. He said, no, 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 no. God created humor. Satan perverted it. He said, you can do clean comedy. You can do it for God. You can honor him. And I did. There's so many amazing threads in that response, but I have to say one of my favorite lines that I've ever heard uttered on this program, you just said, quote, Jesus was my neighbor. We gave you Christianity, baby. <laughs> I, we did. <laughs> we gave Christianity. You know, people, people don't, don't know that. Uh, yes. It's, uh, I mean, it came out of the Holy Land, and some people think uh, that's not what happened. It is. It is. 
That was amazing. I just about died. I was able to turn the microphone off while I just wept like a baby, but thank you so much uh, for that. The comedian Nazareth is with us today, a tremendously talented performer and so much more, as you can hear. He's done thousands of comedy shows, penned books like his latest, Hope in 24 Hours. You're tuned to On the Road for Faith Radio, and I'm Ryan Thomas Nisley. There's so many places to go, so many things that we could ask you. It's just been an amazing life that you've lived. But as I was reading about you, one thing kept coming up over and over again, just sort of unbidden, like people that were reviewing your books and talking about your materials. They say, you can just see how much he loves this country, how much he loves America, and this incredibly unique story that you have, well, maybe unique is the wrong word in a way that this is a nation built by immigrants, but what is it about your story perhaps that uniquely gives you a look at America and, and why do you love it so much? Oh, you know, that's, thank you. That's a great question, Ryan. You know, I wanted in that book, I mean, when I wrote Hope in 24 Hours, the goal was to remind people that when they get up in the morning, three in the morning, four in the morning, you know, they're worried about, oh, how am I going to, uh, is the chemotherapy this time going to be painful? Am I going to get that job interview? Am I going to lose my work? Is, is this going to, is my, is my marriage going to be, uh, you know, be broken? Is this, is my kids going to call me again? Uh, am I going to get into that college? I don't think I will. Uh, all these things that we get up at three, four in the morning and we're anxious about, and we always put scenarios of like, you know, it's going to get worse. It's going to be bad. The collection company is going to call. This is going to happen. And we never add one more scenario which says that, you know, God is able to do above and beyond what we, we can ask and what we're able to even imagine. And, I'm not, and this is not a name it, claim it. I'm against naming it and claiming it. But what I'm saying is God can, if it says well, change the situation in 24 hours or less. So add that scenario that, you know what, it might get better. I might get the job. I might get a better job. I might get into a better college. I might get this. I might, you know, it might not hurt. The cancer might be gone. All these things that, the good things that people don't add as a scenario of what could happen. Uh, that's what the book was, about, the main thing about the book. I mean, I was single. And when I came to Christ, I said, Lord, uh, you know more girls than I do. So I promise you. You know, I'm going to wait for you to give me a wife. I'm going to, I'm not going to watch pornography. I'm not going to date. I'm not going to live with a woman. I'm not going to touch a woman. I'm going to wait on you to give me a wife. But I want a beautiful wife with a rich father that knows the whole Bible. <laughs> and, I waited, and I waited. And I waited three years later. You know, come, my dad was dying in, in Newport Beach where I lived in California. And he asked me to go to, to Israel, to the Gaza Strip, out of all the places the Muslim part of Israel to go finish some paperwork for him after he passed away. And we did, I flew into Tel Aviv. I drove to the Gaza Strip. The first night I'm there, Ryan, I'm having dinner with my cousin, my atheist cousin, his fiance and her sister. So he looks at me, he goes, look, uh, he goes, you look happy. What's wrong with you? You're in the Gaza Strip. <laughs> I said, Jesus Christ changed my life, gave me a reason to live, gave me hope. I used to be like an old car that keeps breaking down now that I'm a Christian. I'm that same old car but I'm married to a mechanic and I have AAA. It's so good. Wow. And my cousin got mad. He goes, don't listen to me as a born again Christian. Well, her sister that was sitting with us said me too. 
And I look at her and she's gorgeous, beautiful woman. I said, would you like to marry me? Just came out of my mouth. <laughs> and she goes, uh, I've been praying for a believer to come to this side of the world for three years. <sighs> let me pray and fast. Same time I've been praying. She said, let me pray and fast for three days. I'll get back to you. Oh, my. And three days later, she came back. She goes, I'm starving. Let's do it. And we got engaged within a few days. Uh, next, in two weeks, it'll be our 25th anniversary. So God, that scenario was not on my mind, Ryan. So many stories in that book. I want to encourage people to read it. And if they, if they can't afford the book right now, please email me. I'll send you the PDF copy for free. I just want people to read it because it will give you hope. So many stories, so many times where God came through with a better solution in 24 hours or less. Not all the time, but so many times. Uh, so, and then I found out, you know, we have a lot of teenagers, a lot of young people that don't appreciate this country. It's, this is the greatest nation in the world. There's no way, nowhere else I can, as an immigrant who came here at age, what, 19, didn't speak the language, didn't have any money, to be able to be doing exactly what I love to do, you know, have a family, raise kids, send them, send, put them in college and, and take care of them and do what I love to do and have nobody tell me you can't do this because you're an immigrant. You can't do this because you're, you don't speak, your English is not your native tongue. You cannot do this because you're, you come from the ghettos or you come from this kind of background. America offers that. Though. The U.S. offers that. People who complain about this country, please go overseas for two weeks. Please, mm. please. Not even two weeks. You cannot finish the two weeks. The, the yes, we, we say, you know, oh, you know, you know, when I lived overseas, you know, you, when you go in the Middle East, you go vote, you know, there's only one dot. There's only one dot. You don't have <laughs> two, two or three people to pick from. There's one guy in the booth, and there's someone in the booth with you. It's like, okay, now you vote. Uh, you know, we, we knew who's going to be the president 30 years from now. Wow. You know, <laughs> no, you don't have to do it every four years. We knew. So there is that freedom. I mean, we complain a lot uh, about, oh, this country is horrible. This, No, it's not. It is still, with all what's going on right now, it is still the greatest place for people. That's why everybody around the world wants to move here. Right. Why is that? Right. Nobody wants to go to China. I don't see any anybody from my family overseas want to go to China or want to go to Russia. They want to come here. It's wow. a great country. <laughs> I just can't tell you how much I've enjoyed this. And I'm already, I'm looking at the clock. Oh, man, we're already 23 minutes in, meaning we're just about done. We just have a few minutes left. Let me, before we do anything else here, as we're talking to the comedian Nazareth. You've talked about the podcast. You've talked about some of your Facebook lives. Where can we go to learn more about you, to connect with things like that, and to pick up a copy of the book as well? You know, the best place to go to my website, Nazareth, just like the city in the Bible, NazarethUSA.com, one word, NazarethUSA.com. In there, in the first page, they can see where they can click and watch the the Live with Naz on Facebook every weeknight at 8.30 p.m. Pacific time. You know, sometimes when things are going on, uh, I can't be on that day or not, but it will tell them, you know, when I'm going to be on. So if they want to laugh, if they want to be encouraged, 
if they want to have a, a community of people that will hear what, you know, their concerns and pray for them. I mean, they won't pray it on the, on the show itself, but they will pray for them, you know, that night and sure. the next day they'll ask them, how are you doing? It's sure. like uh, we built this community of people between 300 to 3000 people that, that watch it and view it. So that's on the, on the, on the website. Also, they can go to the store. They can purchase the book. Or if they want to email us, I will at naz at nazarethusa.com, naz at nazarethusa.com. I will send them a free PDF copy. I just want people to be encouraged. I want them to, I want them to have their kids read that book so they appreciate this country more. In detail, I, say, I, I show why this country is great and why God can come through and change your situation for the better. And also they can, uh, you know, if, if there's churches or uh, conferences or pastors conferences or anything that they want me to come and do comedy for them and if churches want to get together uh, in a city and want to do uh, an outreach like we're doing in kingman arizona in a few months people just come in pastors bring their congregations invite their unsafe friends they laugh for an hour and a half because comedy it, it, people will come to hear comedy and they laugh and then they hear the good news of jesus when i share it with them and they respond to it well, I just can't tell you what a treat it has been to have you here today. The comedian Nazareth has been with us. The book we've mentioned a couple times is called Hope in 24 Hours. And as a 35-year-old single man, I can tell you I'm going to be reading that book very carefully in the future because of the incredible story of meeting your wife that you tell. Brother, thank you so much for being here today. What a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for what you do, Ryan. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thanks for sharing in the story of this latest episode of Faith Radio's On the Road. For more on today's conversation and the full podcast archive of all our episodes, look for On the Road when you visit MyFaithRadio.com.